Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Somebody says, y'all jump into conclusions. Y'all are trying to get clout. Falk never said he was speaking for Zeke. Never said he's speaking for Zeke's camp. We never said that either. Y'all assume he's just... Uh, y'all assume just because he's working out with Zeke, because he's good friends and in a partnership with Zeke's agent, y'all don't know a damn thing, just assumptions. <laughs> That's not true. And uh, I understand your perspective, and I understand, like, there's this idea that whenever the mom and dad are fighting, you don't want them to be fighting. And whenever there's dysfunction with your team, you don't want there to be dysfunction. And you want to kill the messenger, right? Uh, but I can tell you this is all really happening. These are real things that are happening, uh, and we are giving you up to the second uh, uh, in-depth detail and analysis that you might be hard-pressed to find elsewhere. You can, as- you can assume that we're assuming, but I think that would be a false assumption. Look, just, just use common sense on this. Zeke is spending time with Marshall Falk. Zeke is not spending time with Dak. Dak is in a contract negotiation. And Marshall Falk is using public platforms to say that Dak is not worth the money he should get in his contract negotiation. All right? Use common sense. You can figure this out. It's just a little deductive reasoning, and you'll get where you need to be on this. But I can tell you from being in locker rooms and covering sports as long as we have, in every sport, every player will tell you, never, ever, ever get in another player's money, much less your teammates' money. Don't do it. They never do it. And Marshall Falk is making a huge mistake on Zeke's behalf to go out there and represent him in this way. And make no mistake about it, his teammates are looking at it as, oh, okay, there's Zeke's boy saying that stuff. Dude, it's a problem. We've been on the phone talking to sources all morning as these things develop in yesterday. Uh, Somebody texts in and says, somebody gave Falk the number to text. That sounds like something he would say. (laughs) Somebody says, dude's a troll on the Facebook page. Somebody else says, screw that other texture. Y'all know everything. Thank you. Uh, I think that guy's being sarcastic. No, I think he was being actual and factual. Uh, (laughs) Tell them to come to Pluckers to buy them a drink to calm them down. We would totally welcome that. Look, we can disagree on sports all day. But ultimately, when it comes to pluckers, delicious wings, and cold beer, come on. That's the, the great peacemaker. Uh, okay, so tonight, final preseason game for the Dallas Cowboys. You'll be able to hear it right here at 105.3 The Fan. The backup bowl. The backup bowl. Cal Watkins at uh, DallasNews.com has three position groups to watch in the Cowboys preseason finale. See which players are trying to survive the final roster cut. And the first one is the wide receiver position. And Cal's talking about, hey, are the Cowboys going to go with five or six? We've, we've talked about this quite a bit. The big four are Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Tavon Austin, and Randall Cobb. After that, the Cowboys could go with five or they could go with six. In the last two weeks, Devin Smith and Cedric Wilson have both emerged uh, as the top candidates to take that job. But, I mean, it really all, to me, it always comes back to, well, I feel like Stephen Jones talks about Noah Brown in every interview he does in every capacity, in any capacity. So, 
Is Noah Brown out? Is he, you know, is he, is he, been, is been he able to play? He's been hurt. Is he a pup candidate? He right is now? a pup candidate right now, I would say, but I think the expectation is that he would be ready. He would um, be ready for week one. I think so. Okay. You know, speed guys. John Bay Johnson was a big you know, flavor of the month initially. Jalen Guyton, the North Texas guy, right? Try to he, slip him through the practice squad. He'll look upside there. Do you think both of those guys are practice squad candidates, or do you think they would take one? I don't think they'd put two on the practice squad. Okay. I could be wrong, though. I could be wrong. Reggie Davis would be in that mix as well. Maybe they would sneak two on there. Um, and it's not, I guess it's not really sneaking at this point. Um, the thing I would say, if Noah Brown is ready and you wanted to go with three tight ends, I think that allows you to keep both of those guys if you wanted to, and Wilson and Smith. I just, at some point, doesn't it kind of get a little redundant if you add Cedric Wilson and Devin Smith? I feel like one of those guys can kind of handle that role, and then the other guy is Noah Brown, and there's your six wide receivers. I, I, you know, if, I feel like I need both of those guys. I think, to me personally, I think I'm more excited in terms of somebody I wasn't thinking about to leaving training camp. I'm more excited about Devin Smith than any other player in that regard. I think he's going to catch passes for the Cowboys this year. Yeah, I do too. I, I, these other guys feel more like projects. Right. He feels like he's ready to go. Yeah. No, but I'm he's not a veteran with a nice pedigree. I'm not being a jerk, but I, I feel better about Cedric Wilson. I saw him have wow. the punt return the other day. What a jerk. The Boise State connection has something to do with everything. I <laughs> think about who your offensive coordinator is. Uh, and I just think there's some things that they've – they were talking about and so on him last year when he was hurt. Like he's a draft pick that they drafted, they scouted, they coached up and kept. I think he's got a better chance than Devin Smith. Okay, who are your final six? Or obviously the top four. Who are your final two? Top four and then Wilson and Noah Brown. Okay. For yeah. me. Yeah. I, I, I just have a hard time thinking that they're not gonna keep Noah Brown considering they bring him up so much. And I, the other thing I would say about that is it's not like they don't know what Noah Brown is. You know, they know exactly what he is. Then what he does is something they coveted or wanted on this team. So he wouldn't have to go out there and prove it on mm -hmm. the field necessarily unless he's lost a step. Uh, but I kind of doubt that. Cal Watkins at uh, DallasNews.com uh, says the next position to look at is uh, the safety position. He says this is probably the deepest the Cowboys have been at defensive back in some time. Cowboys have at least 10 players who could make the 53 uh, the numbers suggest this won't be the case, and a quality player will be out on the street over the weekend. Donovan Wilson, six-round pick from Texas A&M, has turned into a playmaking safety. No question about that. So who do you guys feel like is in the greatest jeopardy of a guy that might make the team that's probably going to be on the outside looking in? You okay, know? go ahead, KT. Well, I was really excited about Darian Thompson when we were in camp, and then he kind of fell off a little bit after we left camp. But uh -huh. he was making plays at practice. And then I think Kayvon Frazier kind of came back and took that spot over. And I think coaches, as Bardis has said a million times, you know, coaches like these guys they can trust too. Right. And guys they know. Right. So I think Darian Thompson doesn't make it. I think Donovan Wilson is now your third safety. And I think Kayvon Frazier is four. And what's amazing is we just went about a month and none of us even talked about George Iloka one time. Yeah, he fell off so very fast. So very fast. The interesting thing about it too is I think we would be talking more about Taco not making this team or being in jeopardy of not making this team if Quinn was going to play the first two weeks. He may be, and KT, you're the first one I heard say this, Taco may be on this team for two weeks, and then he's gone Yeah. when Quinn comes back. You know what would be ideal? What would be ideal is if he made a couple plays in the next two weeks and another team got a defensive end hurt in the first two weeks, and there's your potential trade partner. Right. I, I just, you know, I've already settled with early on the fact that uh, Taco's a bust. 
that it's a wasted pick. But all of a sudden, I've gotten, you know, excited about his situation. Think, oh, my God, he's got a little something. He's looked really good this year in the preseason. And I started thinking, man, they're, they're going to keep him. But now if they're not going to keep him, I just need him to get something for him. Yeah. Don't just cut him and get nothing. I mean, if it's the – if nobody wants him and nobody, or no one's willing to give up anything for him, he'd find a spot. But if nobody wants to give anything up for him, boy, that's a total loss. No, I agree. I think uh, I don't want to be the guy who says, uh, hey, I said this guy. But a couple weeks ago, hey, I said this. As long as Taco's not sunk in cost, I think you just kind of have to accept it. And that's that's what he is. So if Taco's on your team as a rotational defensive end, I'm okay with it. unless. He's a problem internally, which there's been whispers about that as well. Right, right. All right, and then uh, Cal Watkins points out the third and final position group he's excited about watching tonight are the running backs. Talked about what Jerry said Wednesday, that the Cowboys are prepared to start the season without Zeke, and it means some gymnastics with regard to the running back position on the roster. Tony Pollard is there. Alfred Morris is there. They're obviously going to check Oluwale. Uh, so for sure that's happening. And then it's like, okay, so are they going to go with three running backs? And what does that mean in terms of is it going to be Jordan Chun or is it going to be Mike Weber? Broadus has been a supporter of Chun. I've been reading some of his stuff at DallasCowboys.com. Garrett talked about how he's such a big, strong, powerful runner, and it's probably his number one attribute, according to Garrett. And he, Garrett says that's not to suggest he's not a nifty runner. He does have good feet. He's just not an. He's not just an inside guy. He's done a good job of catching the ball out of the backfield too. So. With Zeke being in Cabo, if he's not here, you guys think they keep three running backs? And if so, who would be the third, Jordan Chun or Mike Weber? Well, I'll put it to you like this. I've only heard one compliment of Mike Weber the entire time, and it was actually an insult of the scouting department with the fact that the scouting department had a higher grade on Mike Weber than they did on Tony Pollard. <laughs> I have not heard one single compliment of Weber. I think, uh, you know, he's not as physical as they thought he was. He's probably not as just ready to go as they thought he was. And that appears to be, you know, a bit of a problem. So I I think it's they would go Darius Jackson, Alfred Morris, and Olawale. I don't think Chun's terribly in the mix. But if Zeke is there, and I think he will be, then it's Zeke, Alfred Morris, and Olawale, and they'll move it on with three running backs. Hist- like, historically, that's what they've done. Zeke. One other guy and a fullback. All right, let's go around the table. Will Zeke be here for practice next Tuesday? KT. Yes. Ben. No. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Yes. I think he will. I don't be. think you knew. No, no, no. What you wanted to say? I think you were gonna say yes, and then you said no. No, no, no. I truly am 50-50, but I'm sitting here thinking. I think it is gonna escalate. Well, get off the fence. I just did. I said yes. You I, dumbass. I think the only way it happens is if he fires Arsenal, or if he steps in and gets a deal done directly with Jerry. Like the tank situation. Like the tank situation, or and and that was with Steven. But, you know, Des Bryant was talking about this earlier today uh, on Instagram. It was actually, uh, who was this writer? It was Jason Cole. Oh, it was Jason Cole. Jason Cole said, you want to take a shot at another person trying to talk NFL? It's like my wife not complimenting another woman. Let's hear what you got. Jason Cole's kind of the guy that used to go, uh, hey, guys, uh, here's a video with some breaking news. And it's a 30-second video of himself, and he tells you nothing. 
<laughs> so, hey, career. just get used to new media. I'm just saying you. this well, is sketchy if it's Jason Cole, but I do well, believe it because other agents vouch for it. You said it's sketchy, but Des Bryant said this is the realest thing that's ever been written about Shots me. So fired at Des. So <laughs> Des uh, commented like that Des. about what Jason Cole said. Jason Cole said the Cowboys have been bypassing agents and breaking rules by doing it for years. The late, great Eugene Parker told a funny story about Jerry talking directly to Dez at one point. Dez had a great reaction to Jerry from what I was told. So the story goes that uh, Eugene Parker uh, said that uh, Jerry called Dez and asked him to meet him at Cowboys Stadium. They were in Jerry's suite looking over the field, and Jerry was about uh, talking about the contract with Dez. And at that point, Dez said, hey, uh, something to the effect of that he doesn't want to talk about the contract between just the two of them. Jerry pushed a little, and Dez said, Mr. Jones, what would happen if you tried to cover me on that field? <laughs> Pointing down to the field, Jerry says, well, Dez, you'd kill me. Dez says, well, Mr. Jones, then why would I want to negotiate a contract against you? Pretty classic. Parker laughed pretty hard. He said he's had three other agents say the same type of story, and Dez said that's the realest thing that's ever been written. Jerry is the greatest dealmaker of all time. And I think he was looking forward to camp, to talking to Zeke and getting a deal done. Well, the, But he's getting boxed out, and he can't get to Zeke, and Rocky Arsenault's in the way, and now Marshall Falk's in the way, too. And this is why, KT, I took exception with what you said the other day when you mm -hmm. said that Rocky Arsenault's the one playing dirty. Cowboys play on the same level everybody else does. Yeah. Agents don't relish talking to Stephen Jones. We love Stephen Jones. We think he's awesome. Cowboys don't get uh, outmaneuvered in the world of dirty pool. It's it's a pretty it's a pretty level playing field out yeah. there. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Speaking of tickets and shipping, prepare the montage. You can go to TexasRangers.com slash young to take advantage of just $10 tickets to go see Saturday night's game. Why is that important? $10 tickets because the number 10 is going to be retired because of this guy. How you doing? I'm Michael Young, free safety for the Dallas Cowboys, and I hate the Ben and Skin Show. In the corner, jumps up. It is history. The game is tied. Michael Young, who never swings on 3-0. and All right, so something happened before the game with Skin. What was it? Skin looks like Cliff. Looks exactly like Cliff Lee. Do you suggest he stays with the beard or gets rid of the beard? It's a solid beard. One line and a shot up the middle. It's a base hit. Kinsler is home. Hamilton is home. Michael Young delivers. Ground ball heading up the middle. And congratulations to Michael Young, the all-time hit leader in the history of the franchise. Andrews going out, Cruz coming on. Cruz with the call, he makes the catch, and the Rangers are champions of the American League West. The AL West title flag will fly in Arlington, Texas. Upton is back. At the wall, it's gone! Michael Young with his first ever postseason hit. Breaks it open with a three-run homer. Swing, line drive into the gap in right center field. On the run, Swisher can't get there! It goes by him. Trainer scores. Here comes Andrews. Three, a two-run double. 
from Michael Young. And a slider strikes him out looking. The ball game is over, and the Texas Rangers have won the American League pennant for the first time. There's a sign in the dugout locker room that says, I trust my teammates, I trust myself. What does that mean tonight? It means the World Series is coming to Texas. Swing and a tapper on the third base side. It's a slow roller. Chisholm all charges. The throw off bells to first. Not a time. 2,000 hits for Michael Young in his career. You know, 2,000 hits is pretty cool. And for it to happen here in front, of my, in front of the home crowd and get to experience it with them is something I'll never forget. Uh, everyone's telling us to go to In-N-Out Burger. What are your thoughts? It's by far the best hamburger you will ever have in your life. You never had it before? What a burger. It's the Young. Line drive down the left field line. Table. Hit it toward the corner. Andrews will score. And we have a brand new ball game on a two-run double by Michael Young. Built from a stretch. Right-hander deals. Young. A looper down the right field line. It's a fair ball. Kinsler scores. Andrews right behind him. And Michael Young with his second two-run double in the third inning. Going out is Young. He makes the catch. The game is over. After not going to the World Series in their first 38 years, the Rangers are going back for a second straight year. All right, here we go. Joining us now on the Ben and Skin Show, number 10, the last guy to ever wear number 10 for the Texas Rangers, having his number retired on Saturday night, the great Michael Young. How you doing, Michael? Hey, what's up, guys? I got to wipe the tear away from this show right there. <laughs> Man, so many, uh, so many great memories. You've been great to our show over, over the years, and uh, you're beloved by all Rangers fans. What a special moment for you Saturday night. And, again, we want to pack the house. Go to TexasRangers.com slash Young to take advantage of $10 tickets. What's Saturday night mean to you? Oh, man, it's, um, that's a really it's – a, it's a question that's hard to answer uh, in the amount of time that we got, but um, I'll try and, you know, keep it, I guess, quick. You know, I got all my, a lot of my family from California coming in town. A lot of my friends are flying in. A lot of teammates that I play with and love are flying in. And uh, to be able to share it with them and – Anytime something like this happens where you get to kind of have a little bit of uh, maybe like a reflective moment on something that happened in a career or a moment in your life, you always think about the people who made it possible. And for me, that's it's family and friends and teammates um, and this organization and our fan base. And to be able to kind of share it with everybody on, on one day, is gonna, it's going to mean a lot to me. Is there a uh, speech strategy already in play? Do you bounce this stuff off of your wife, or do you go in there with loose ideas? How do you execute this? I pretty much already knocked it out, but you know what? I I didn't want it to be mechanical or robotic or anything like that, so I literally, my son had a flag football practice, and I didn't go out. Usually I kind of go out and help the coaches out, but I stayed in my air-conditioned car, and I just knocked it out in like 10 minutes. I wanted to kind of come from the heart, like the first thing in my mind, um, on what I wanted to think about and what it meant to me, and I just wrote it down on my notes on my phone, and that's pretty much what I'm going to go with. Wow, that's I can't wait to hear uh, what you go with. Are, are you going with any humor? Or are you are you going to keep it serious? What what's your approach there? Um, I don't have much. You know, if I add some, it's going to be off the cuff. You know, it's going to be off the dome. Um, if I add any, I add any. But I really don't have much right now. Like this, I think this moment really for me is just a matter of really wanting to. The most important thing for me. I think I could tell jokes all day long and make it fun, but I really, for me, this moment is about saying thank you. Uh, and there's a there's a massive list of the people that um, that I owe thanks to. So are you thinking shirt, uh, shorts and a t-shirt, or what are you thinking, sneakers? How are we going to dress for this bad boy? I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Dickies and Chucks uh, with a chain wallet and a t-shirt. 
You could have, uh, you know, uh, it's important that it's at Globe Life Park, obviously, because you, you know, you crushed it there. So many great memories there. But if you had waited a year, you would have been in the air conditioning. What's your thought process there? I'm cool with it, man. I'm, you know what? We only got about a month, month of this ballpark left, so I'm, I'm all about getting out there and getting a nice lather. I do not care, man. I mean, uh, I know the fans are going to be out in the heat. I'll be in the heat. I don't care if I'm in a, in a full-on pool of my own sweat. It won't matter to me. It's going to be a fun night, and I'm looking forward to it. Talking to uh, Michael Young here on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3. The fan, of course, they are retiring number 10 on Saturday. Uh, no other Ranger will ever wear that number, and, and it makes a heck of a lot of sense. We had Woody on yesterday, and he said when he first got here, he asked you, how come number 10's not retired? Was he joking <laughs> there, or did he really ask you that? Um, you know, we, we kind of talked about a lot of things, man. I feel I feel bad for the poor guy, man. He's got a he's an unbelievable manager. He's got a great baseball mind, and he comes to Texas and he has to answer questions about me all the time. That guy can't. We grew up together. We dissected frogs together in seventh grade, and he still can't freaking shake me. So uh, I feel I feel bad for the dude. But um, we've been we've been tight forever. Um, you know, it's interesting to uh, with my relationship with Woody how it kind of went full circle. You know, we grew up together. We had classes in, in junior high together. We hung out together. And then we kind of lost a little bit, of, lost contact. And that's what sometimes working your way up a minor league ladder will do. And he spent a lot of time in Toronto. I was here. Then for us to kind of be from the same hometown, grow up together, and now kind of working side by side in the same organization and, uh, and one that means a lot to me and has come to mean a ton to him, it, it's a really, really special thing, man. Uh, I'm, <laughs> everything kind of lined up there, stars lined up. But we got the right man for the job, and I'm just really, really proud to work with him. You know, it's interesting how for, for pro athletes who have kids, a lot of times their kids don't get to see them play or aren't really old enough to really remember what they're watching. And I'll never forget, uh, Skin and I had a buddy who played pro football, and he'd call me every once in a while and go, Ben, tell my kids I was good at sports. They don't wanna, they're not believing my stories. And so what does it mean for you that your kids are going to get to see this? It, do, it does mean a lot because um, my kids were kind of like an anomaly. You know, I didn't – you could ask anybody who's associated with our team, and they didn't see my kids very often. A lot of kids kind of live in a clubhouse, grow up in a clubhouse. That was really never a priority for me. I wanted my kids to be like other kids. You know, they had a, they had a bedtime on school nights, and you know they didn't need to be up in a clubhouse, you know, with me on a school night. You know, if they were home with their mom and they fell asleep, and I'd see them in the morning. So their memories of my career are, you know, of maybe watching the game, but not the real kind of meat and potatoes part of it that that I got. So. um you know, I think they recognize that I had a long career and I played here for a while, but, um, you know, I think maybe for one night if they can kind of check this out, especially my youngest one who's only who's only seven, and he was probably about a year old and I retired. So it might mean a little something more to him because it might be like one of the kind of – one of the opportunities he sees to, to see what I did. Uh, so, Michael, you were part of the two World Series teams here, and then at the end of your career you went to a, a couple other organizations, but you stayed here. This is your home. And now you work for the organization in a front office capacity. Is it possible that from the time you left the Rangers as a player to now that you've grown to appreciate the franchise on every level more? Is it the same? Have you gained a different perspective about the entirety of the organization? Or has that always been the same to you? I think it's a combination of everything you just said. You know, definitely a bit of a new perspective, uh, a new appreciation, uh, um, you know, getting a, a brand new respect uh, again, appreciation is the right word uh, for the people who do such a tough job uh, upstairs in the front office. Our scouts who just go nonstop everywhere, 
trying to find the next wave of players to our development team to everyone who's making up big decisions up up top. Um, it is a team that works really, really hard. They're trying to give our players all the tools they can to be as good as they can possibly be. Uh, same for the staff. And um, it's a lot of fun to be a part of a group like that where it's, you know, it's all about the collective and it's about a bunch of like-minded folks who are trying to find good solutions and trying to, to give our fans what they deserve, which is a consistent winner. You've had a lot of great memories, a lot of great accolades. Obviously, you've taken, you know, you've been a part of some really good teams and you've been in a hugely important part. What's the happiest you've ever been on a baseball diamond? Oh, man, it's a, that's all, all team stuff for sure. Um, you know, if you were asking my top 20, it'd it, be surrounded by team. That's, that's the beauty of team sports. You know, I, I love watching golf. I love playing golf, but, you know, Unless I'm seeing, unless I don't see something that goes behind closed doors, I don't see people dumping champagne on themselves when they win golf tournaments. You, baseball players and team sports guys, it's just uh, just massive celebrations when the collective does something well, and I love being a part of that. So, you know, fortunately for us, you know, we punched our two tickets to the World Series there in front of our home crowd, and uh, the first one, whoever was at that park, would say that was you know a truly memorable experience to um, to be able to share that with our home crowd and take our franchise to a place that had never been before. So that was uh, that was extremely cool, man. It's extremely cool, and it means so much to everybody that you still live here. You know, everybody knows you're a California boy, and there's a lot of things about California you love, but you chose to, to raise your kids here. And we've talked about this before. You know, you had offers to go play baseball when you retired. And so as you, you know, get ready to have your number retired with the Rangers uh, tomorrow, still with the organization, with the two World Series with them, do you ever have any moments where you look back and wish you had kept playing, or do you think you did exa- handle this exactly the right way? Um, again, I would say you probably nailed both of it. At this point, I'm 42. I have no desire to play right now. I'd get, <laughs> I would absolutely get destroyed out there right now. But I think, like, for me, I never wanted to be the kind of player where I was – what the hell? It's my alarm for some reason going off. Um uh, I never wanted to be the kind of player where I was, you know, just getting overmatched on the field. I never really wanted that. You know, obviously at the end of a player's career, you're not going to be as good as you were in your prime. But I never wanted that feeling. So I always had in my mind I was going to retire a little early rather than a little late. I just never wanted to be that kind of guy that's you're towards the end of your career, you're hurt all the time, you know, you're, you become, then become a release candidate for the team you're on. And I, I never had any interest in that. So. I, I wanted to leave the way my entire career, I wanted to leave the way I did, which was, you know, I had an offer from a couple of teams on the table and I told those teams that for me, it was either retirement or going back to the Dodgers. And that's the way I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it knowing full well that I can still compete. And then I wasn't uh, ever at a point where I was, you know, embarrassment's the wrong word, but I didn't want to be the kind of player where I was, you know, holding my team back and just not being a very productive guy. I've never let that hold me back. I love holding my team back in sports. Uh, it's our story. It's, it's, it's where most of our lives are like that. Uh, we're holding our teams back, but not that much. Uh, <laughs> we're talking to Michael Young, Ben and Skin Show, 105.3. The fan is numbers being retired on Saturday night. You can go to TexasRangers.com slash Young to take advantage of $10 tickets. Uh, that's just going to be uh, such a such a magical evening. And, uh I mean, I can't imagine all the memories and, and things that are going to pour into your mind as you're as you're there trying to to give your speech. Or uh, is it, you think it's possible that there might be some waterworks? I don't know, man. I'm not the most emotional cat in the world, but you know, if it comes, it comes. You know, this is um, this is definitely kind of um, for any athlete. You know, when you get your number retired, 
not only is it about the career you had, but it's about your connection with your fan base. That's why it's, that's why it's fun. That's why it's, that's why it means so much. And in a lot of ways, this really is kind of the cherry on top of a player's career. Um, it means a lot. I don't, I'm going to feel how I feel and I'm just going to kind of let it rip, but I'm going to try and do what I can to enjoy the moment. You know, I'm going to try really to enjoy this weekend. I've got family starting to come in today, uh, actually even yesterday and, They'll be at my house every night. So if you guys see choppers kind of above a home in Dallas, you'll know that's mine. It's making too much noise. Um, so, I mean, it's we're going to have some fun this weekend. I'm going to try and stay in the moment and really, really enjoy it with the people I love and have meant the most to me. That's so awesome. Well, we're Michael Young fanboys on this show, and uh, KT always has to balance it out a little bit. He always tries to bring up your batting average in the hero celebrity game with Dirk. So, KT, do you need to say anything here to balance it out? Have we been, are we too much on his jock here? No, we've already discussed this. We, we talked about it spring training. We're all good. <laughs> what do you mean? I told you guys. I, I, man, I make no excuses. I said everyone that Dirk does a little press conference before, but he's like, oh, are you ready to go ahead? I'm like, I don't know why you guys are expecting anything from me in these games. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and, I'm, and everyone thinks I'm being just humble. I'm like, no, I'm being dead serious. So next time out there, I mean, I'm going to try and, like, I'm going to cork my back. I'm going to do something to kind of get an advantage in that game. I'll think of something. We'll have a special weekend, a special night tomorrow. Enjoy your family. We'll talk to you soon, man. I appreciate you, fellas. Thanks for having me on, man. You guys be good. Hey, you're a beast. Thanks for everything, man. There he goes, the mighty Michael Young. Ah, See you, Michael. He didn't want to hear from you. Love you, Michael. There he goes. Hey, uh, again, TexasRangers.com slash Young. I think when you listen to that guy talk and if you think about it, the coolest thing we could do for him is pack the house. I don't know what your plans are Saturday, but if you you were sitting there listening to that and you were moved by it and you want to go say thank you to one of the greatest athletes you'll ever see in DFW, it's a huge night for him. Let's pack the house. TexasRangers.com slash Young. Just $10 tickets to see Michael Young get his number retired. Yeah, and we like talking to him about a lot of different topics. If you get a chance and you want to hear him opine on things outside of the sports world, do this podcast uh, called Radios and Tunnels and have Michael Young on this week talking about things outside of the sports world that matter to him. If you are a Michael Young fan, you want to hear his thoughts on those things, I'd encourage you to go download, download that bad boy and check it out. Session five of Radios and Tunnels with Michael Young. Man, so many people have come out today to Pluckers in Dallas. Your sister Gretchen came out. That was awesome. Bye, sis. And My wifey's over there your, somewhere. Your wife's here. That's great. KT, your dad came out. Yeah, that out was, of nowhere. That was big. Uh, the guys from Hoop Club made it out. That was awkward because my wife came to see them. Yep. Uh, A lot of fit guys over there. D from D&G uh, came out here. Uh, Jason Ferrantello. Who? Uh, wow. His dad, uh, I think his uh, granddad created the corn dog. He was part of the Fletcher's. Uh, I think he was the other guy. No, it would have been called Ferentello's corn dogs. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, and uh, Jared and Sandler's dad. Jared Sandler and his dad. It was yeah. funny because they were on different sides of the bar looking for each other. <laughs> A bunch of postal employees came out. Our, our 105.3 The Fan uh, sales team came out. They were going postal. You know what's really cool is we wanted to show Pluckers uh, that, hey, we can pack the place for lunch. That's why this was really important to us today our first remote in midday and there was a line and so super that? proud of that thanks to everybody who came out and supported us today Kavanaugh. we really really appreciate it and that's where i was going to get to last how great was it that jeffrey freaking Kavanaugh came out wow Give him a round of applause wow what a beast teammate and he wow. joins us now the g-bag nation joins us now fellas how you guys doing today man, right, i'm just applauding yeah. jeff over here i me. was listening when he pulled in and i was like Let's man me what a stud that Kevin did, did Ben still honor? I know he used to honor you with all the drinks you could have. 
Did yeah. you drink all the beers you could have at 11 a.m.? I did. I had 11 of them. <laughs> yeah. So I Ubered to work, and I'm ready. I'm ready to rock. Ubered to work. Yeah. Ubered to work. Yeah, it was a That'd half mile. Great. That'd be great. Now, my, my deal still applies. Anytime you guys show up at a Pluckers and we're there, you're on my tab. This is for everyone. Even, no, no, even Bassick? Just the nation. Even, oh. Yes. Why, why would you say that? Bassick, are you going to come and milk Ben for some free food and drink? I will. Are you guys, what, what uh, pluckers are you going to be at Thursday? <laughs> Don't tell him. <laughs> uh, Mike can eat, bro. Mike, no, I absolutely applies to Mike. But Mike's got Major League Baseball money. He doesn't need me to. Hey, can I give Mike a quick compliment? Yeah. Uh, since my wife is here, uh, Rangers Baseball was on the other day, and she looked up. She goes, man, he's looking great. He's lost a lot of weight, too, huh? The, yeah. The soda thing is working out for everybody. Ben looks sexy. You look sexy. Hagelin looks sexy. Uh, Shedder with the Mavs looks sexy. Everyone who's gone the soda route is just rocking it out, and you look really good on television, Mikey. Thank you, and I saw a tweet from Broadus today that he's down 36 pounds. Wow. wow. That is fantastic. Shout That's out stuff. Tony Pollard. Man, I, I watched uh, uh, Corey and Hagee just disappear before our very eyes. I was like, man, I have no excuses. I have to go do that. I mean, and it, it was much easier than I thought it was. So they vanished. They did. They told one of, you know, Hagee lost 176 pounds. That's crazy. Now, what was Skin's wife saying about Mike before, though? She was like, I'd still hit it, but looking better now. <laughs> I don't think she Before said I grew that. out the beard, you know, I maybe had uh, it was Gavin that maybe, I can't remember who it was, said kind of my face kind of looked like a Cabbage Patch doll. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of a double chin going on yeah. there. Looked hey, much better. So I'm trying not to look like a Cabbage Patch kid. So, Bassick, last night, Delano DeShields Jr., one of the greatest catches in Rangers history. How does it compare to Gary Matthews Jr.? Well, I'll tell you what, it was a great catch, but to me it doesn't compare because Gary Matthews Jr. I think is one of the 10 greatest catchers in the history of baseball. Wow. Uh, I don't, I don't, because he, he had to dead sprint, jump, and then kind of do a 180 in the air and not really see the ball as it goes into his glove. He has to lose track of the ball. Delino's was awesome. I Great catch, but I feel I, I, like Gary Matthews Jr., what other catch have we ever seen like that in the history of baseball? I'm going to need Shippy to earmuff it for me for a second. Hey, It appears Delino was playing so deep that it was like a slow, timed-up trot the entire time. That it was, <laughs> I think Gary Matthews one was a little different. I'm just saying. I, I personally think there's at least four Gary Matthews senior catches that I've seen that are way better than the one you guys are overrating right now. I think so I, much hyperbole. I think I catch that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think I now, barehanded. Yeah. Probably. That's not fair, though, because you have great hands and you catch everything. We saw that in our wiffle ball showdown. Yeah, my knee would have gave out on the third step. How are you guys uh, feeling about cornhole? Do you have skills? No, I feel like we're going to get dominated. Like, I'll get beat slightly by either Sean or RJ on my end, and whoever I play with will get beat worse than that on their end, and we'll probably lose like 21 to 8. What I do is I have my partner stand it up, and then I throw it overhand and see if I can throw it in the circle. I've oh. probably played a half game of cornhole uh-huh. in my whole life. Yeah, that's what <laughs> so I figured. So I'm not sure. I might okay. be a natural. It wouldn't surprise me. No, I guarantee you you're a natural because here's, here's my memory of the last cornhole tournament. So there was just weeks of hype about, oh, my God, Sean and RJ are incredible at cornhole. And yeah. I'm like, they're incredible at throwing a beanbag through a hole? You guys, are, you guys are acting like this is baseball or something. So Ben and I were playing Sean and RJ, and everyone's making fun of us. And we were knotted up and went to the championship round. And our program director is standing there going, what an upset. I can't believe that you guys are in the, doing this. It's so close. And I was like... 
You couldn't believe we didn't know how to throw a beanbag through a hole? Like, what? this is not some amazing sport here. It's a hard this game. Is not, this is not something that takes practice. You're throwing a beanbag through a hole. Man, you haven't seen the leagues out here. Yeah. Really? It gets, it gets absurd. I yeah, don't know, man. To me, it's like bowling the ball down the lane and knocks pins down. I, it's not some great mystery. I don't understand what's so amazing about this. It's just the guys that don't miss. You know, you, you can have somebody go, what, what do you have, six bags around or something like that? You could have somebody go five for six, and you're thinking, yeah, dude, that's really hard to beat. And then there's somebody that goes like 30 for 30 four times in a row. You know, that's, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, and it's crazy. It's crazy. And Sean told me that they've been having two-day practices. So they actually have practices. they got uniforms. They're taking this very seriously. So I'm uh, not looking forward to, to playing them. Although, again, to your point, Skin, they practice twice a day, and they practice for three months leading up to the event, and we almost beat them. And that's the last time we played. Sean's king tryhard. You know, he's, he's been trying to become the best cornhole player at the station for like five years. Uh, the issue is his co-host, RJ Choppy, is blessed with incredible, like, fine motor skills. If it's golf, if it's darts, if it's cornhole, he'll dial it in with, within yeah. an inch. That's, and, a, and that's a pretty hefty throw. Yeah, and Choppy <laughs> is openly. He's small holes. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's always so. been, yeah, Choppy's always been willing to incorporate the cornhole into yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. Very open to it. Prefers it, it. I think one of the reasons that Choppy is so great at this stuff is two reasons. Number one. Like you said, you just defined it perfectly, Gavin. He does have – he's got great hands and great skills. Also, on the mental side, he feels no pressure about anything ever. Yeah. Like, pressure does not impact him in any way whatsoever. So true. I mean, it's Sean could combo. make six in a row, and what would he say? That's nothing. That's right? nothing. That's nothing. I once made 80 in a row. Have you seen my calves? Uh, hey, what do you guys have coming up on the show today? Pure gold, as always, Ben. Thanks so much for asking. Uh, right out of the gates, we'll be talking about, uh, you know, the, the most interesting thing Marshall Falk says is calling Dak a bum when Zeke is gone. I want to talk about that a little bit. But then we're going to get out early because Brad Sham, voice of the Cowboys, is going to join us coming up at 2.15 to uh, preview uh, tonight's uh, preseason finale. Oh, very nice. And, dude, every, I saw the graphic come out for uh, you and a van yeah. uh, driving around, giving out the new Tolo G-Bag flag, which yeah. is the coolest flag, you guys. It went, everybody's asking, when can I get my hands on one of those things? What is the official word? Okay, so the Tour Day DFW will be the last uh, Saturday in September. I believe it's going to be the 28th. It might be the 5th if there's a scheduling snag. So either the 28th or the 5th, the Tour Day DFW is when we get just boxes of flags and make a big giant loop around North Texas handing out flags like we're Flagtober Santa Clauses. And, uh, you know, then from that point forward, however many flags we have left, you can get those at any fan remote or appearance until they're out, which, you know, should be about the middle of October or something. And if you don't oh, like yeah. it, we'll just give you the bird. Boom. Oh, there you go. Oh, the Larry Larry bird. Everyone will like it. It's Job, the, the greatest Thanks. promo item ever and the greatest promo item of those promo items is this year's flag. Can't wait to get our hands on those. Guys, have a fantastic show. Salute. Thank you. You too. All right. Salute to you, boys. Love you. Bye, guys. Uh, yes, you, bye. Jeff. Why didn't you guys ask by. Michael Young about me? Jerks. Uh, we texted him about you. Yeah, and it was all fair. very favorable. He's a big fan. He yeah. liked the tweet I had. I wanted to intro him. Uh, oh, yeah. Why aren't you introing him? I'm not sure. He hadn't answered my – I sent him 48 <laughs> texts last night. I haven't heard Have back. you sent him a text about having a catch? Uh, man, you don't want to know how many. <laughs> yeah, he blocked my number. See you guys. Later. Feels like John Blake would have just reached out to Kavanaugh to see if he could have made that happen. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. It's our turn. Okay, coming up next, okay. G-Bag Nation. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 